We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, Halloween the 31st. How are you feeling, Scott? Very spooky. Anything fun today? Uh, if you go outside, you're going to get buried in leaves. That's the time of year it is right now for me. So uh, luckily, my trees are separated enough that I can rake the pine straw into clean pine straw and then use it to fill the beds. So mm. might do some of that, but I hate raking pine straw. Hate it. Not hate the most it. fun. Do you have a favorite uh, Halloween costume from your childhood? Oh, I was always a vampire. I was an Anne Rice kid. Um you know, interview with the vampire, the vampire Lestat, Queen of the Dam, et cetera, et cetera. So from like eighth grade until I was 25, I was a vampire. You My favorite, in. though, probably all time. I'm kind of antisocial. <laughs> Not all that comfortable. So Halloween actually works great for me. But a couple of years ago, I got a Grim Reaper mask, a Grim Reaper outfit, and I mm -hmm. stood completely still. And people were freaked out yeah is it real <laughs> every once in a while i just kind of move my head real slow and back and forth i was like this is perfect for me i can hide in plain sight <laughs> that's great yeah my uh my dad likes to do that as michael myers i'm um, always pretty fun like standing off behind a bush um my favorite though is certainly uh captain underpants i went as captain underpants one year my son um, is I, known as captain underpants so really good for him to, like, i merge together some pictures yeah, that's uh, I had like a flesh toned like sweatsuit and, uh, you know, stuffing and whatnot and the big pair of underwear and a skull cap. And it was a good time. I also went as a old lady once and people were like, you're not an old lady. You're a man. <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. Thank you. Dare you assume. <laughs> well, guys, you, you uh, getting a lot of trouble for that. Now you can get canceled for that kind of stuff now. Man. You want to be careful. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, you guys let us know in your uh your favorite, um, in your comments, your favorite Halloween costume or whatever. I see a lot of uh, Michael Myers comments. Your robot are doing the boogeyman is dead. Yeah, Michael. Oh, talking about <laughs> beating Mahomes. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, this is the maybe fourth movie of it, and uh, he's going to get back up, and we're going to see him again in another movie next season. I don't watch slashers. I've never seen an. I've never watched a Friday the Thirteenth. I've never seen a Halloween. I don't like on my side. I've said this before on here. I. Uh, you know, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street in sixth grade at a sleepover. I made it 30 minutes and had nightmares for three years. I'm like, yeah, just not into that kind of stuff. No. Jump out of an airplane, but I don't do Thrasher movies. I love the original Halloweens uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis and Hattonfield. You know, James Carpenter. It's it's a uh, it's a good one. 
But you know, to each their own. Um, and if you like the you know, the more monster mash style of Halloween, then God bless you. Uh, I'm I'm not into the super gore myself. But uh, let's load on the chat. Seriously, drop your favorite Halloweens. It's a good time of year. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to get the trick or treaters here. We got Duke Rose coming in saying we won again. Heck yeah, it's two in a row. Don't call it a streak. Donald Willison coming in here saying morning everybody. I hear Josie may be on the block. What kind of compensation do you think we could get for him? Scott, you were mentioning to me beforehand, somebody put out a trade offer. Obviously, it's that time of year we're trying to, uh, we media, people trying to generate, you know, interest clicks. You got to write an article about trades. Okay, here's one. Uh, what was the deal that you saw? And yeah, U.S. Stadium app, they've got about 53,000 followers or so, enough to get people's attention and show up on my feed, but on stuff. So it, they had five d- deals we'd like to see. And the number fifth one, the number five one was uh, the Denver Broncos trade Josie Jewell to the Philadelphia Eagles for a 2024 fifth round pick and a 2025 third round pick. We're like, where do we sign? Where? Get him on the phone right now. I'm like, there's just no way. No. Come on now. I mean, like I I said, I did it just like that to Nick before we went on. I'm like, let me watch your reaction. I said, fifth round pick. And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, and a third round pick. He's like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, Love Josie Jewell, but nine games left on his contract. He hasn't played a full season since I've been covering this team for three years because of injuries. A, a non-premium position, uh, one, two, and three. What that, That's all you need to know that you're not going to get. I have four as well. There's more. Um, yeah, there's more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's going to be signing his third contract as well. So that's typically, you know, he's, I mean, it feels like we just drafted him, honestly, I guess. And that makes me getting old. But like, he's on the back nine of his career as a linebacker uh, as well. It's not like you're trading for a rookie contract guy who's just entering his prime. We're here and uh, potentially on the back half of it. So, yeah, uh, Josie, I think I would ask for a fifth. Um, If I can't get that fifth, I honest to God may just like keep him because what we've seen so far from Drew Sanders has been erratic. I guess that's that's the word for it, volatile. Uh, But, yeah, Josie, I'm asking for a fifth and we'll see if they get it. I don't know if anybody is offering his middle name now. Josie the fifth. Josie, I'm asking for a fifth jewel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably about it. Uh, do you do you agree? Disagree? Is that am I being too greedy here with the the no ask? no? We, we've said this before. He's the only one of all of these guys that are on the block that we've talked about. And one of the reasons we've talked about them is because they're old and expensive. That's the main reason why. Hmm. Without fail, all of these guys are under contract next year that we've mentioned: Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. You know, he's not really going to be. He, he's not a trade candidate, but guys who are still under contract who you have flexibility on. Uh, Justin Simmons, Garrett Bowles, Jerry Judy, all of those guys are under contract for next year. The only one that you don't have any contract flexibility with out of that bunch is Jerry Judy. His is guaranteed because it's a fifth-year option. Josie Jewell's a free agent. Josie Jewell fits into the category of Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. He's just not playing edge, and he's not just he's he's not as valuable a player. So you got a first. We were on here last last year, Nick, talking about Bradley Chubb. I'm like, no, I don't see it, man. I, I don't see somebody giving up a first round. They did. And you were like, I think it's about to happen. Uh, they did. And again, fifth or better. Otherwise, you're better off having them out there and com- finishing the season, doing your best to win games and finish the season as strong as you possibly can. He's more valuable to your team for the next nine games than a fifth round pick would be, in my opinion. Yeah. We got Jeremy also saying, Jewel doesn't make any sense to me. Sanders got four reps on Sunday and doesn't seem ready yet. Also, we saw the dysfunction on the defense without him. 
dysfunction of the defense goes beyond Jewel as much as, you know, he's definitely a part of the structure of it. But if you can get a fifth round pick for that, save a little bit of money, get Sanders some reps. And guess what? If Sanders is stinking because he's not mentally ready yet, you're, you're playing Justin Stranod then. Is that worth the fifth round pick for a three and five team? Maybe. It's a tough decision. I think Jewel's pretty underrated. I see we got our guy, uh, Ethan's in the house too, so I don't want to say that too loudly. Um, but uh, Jewel's a contributor. Uh, and if you can get a fifth, though, and create a little bit of space and figure out what you have in Drew Sanders, because right now, I mean, the way the Broncos are heading right now, Scott, your starting linebackers in the defense next season are Drew Sanders and Alex Singleton. And we don't know about Drew Sanders. Is it better for him to get those reps down the stretch here, to get that experience, to understand the run fits? Uh, I, I don't know. All, all interesting hypotheticals uh, discuss, but to discuss. But if you can get a fifth, I think you you have to strongly consider it. Yeah, and and Donald Willison asked a question. Didn't they just add another inside linebacker from the practice squad? They have, but if you're looking for you know steady Eddie out there, you know Ben Neiman played for Vance Joseph in Arizona last year, and he had 70 tackles. It was a career high. Uh, he's been flexed up, so he has been on the active roster. So he's now on the active roster. He's played a game for the Broncos. Um, is he what you're looking for if you trade a starter? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's it, it could be some experience that you're lacking in Drew Sanders. Is he as good as Josie Jewell? Obviously not. But if I have Ben Neiman and a fifth round pick and $3 million, probably more like two in extra salary cap money for next year, is that worth the deal? We may never know, Nick. That's where, what it comes down to. We don't know what's going to be offered. We don't know what they would accept. I would just as soon stick with Josie Jewell as opposed to anything less than a fifth, a fifth and a third. And um, we're helping you pack Josie. Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, You know what they, they said, but that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not going to get a third from, they can't get a third for Justin Simmons. You think they're going to get a third for (laughs) the less valuable position? uh, Josie Jewell with one year of control left. I mean, I'm as, you know, devalued on the linebackers possible. Although I think with current defensive trends, we can rediscuss that position at some point, Scott, but uh, I do want to get in here. These super chats call to action. Michael Ronquillo. Thank you so much. Says happy Halloween to Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Go Broncos. No spookiness in here uh, from this last week. That's for sure. Michael Ronquillo says, uh, Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos for Broncos. Go Broncos, both superstars. So Michael double dipping today, getting us started. We appreciate you so much. Hope you're doing well. Hope you don't have anything. Uh, no, uh, don't do up. Don't be up to anything too naughty uh, tonight, Michael. It's Halloween. Make sure you're <laughs> curfew and all that. Jeremy, Sean, morning, boys. I'm thinking it's Judy or nobody. If I had to bet, I think we don't do anything. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The trade deadline is anticlimactic. It is. Yep, it's all this buildup. And it's like, oh, man, we could do this, this, and this. And then nothing happens. Players value their picks maybe too much. Uh, the, the salary cap stuff is always hairy. I wish they'd move it back like two weeks personally, but we'll see what happens. I mean, arguably, the, the biggest deal from each of the last two years has come through Denver. So it hasn't felt mm-hmm. like that. You know, Von Miller, future Hall of Famer, going and with the going basically to win a Super Bowl, you know, Rams. to a contender. That was a big deal. Get a second round pick because you help pay for one by by getting his contract so you get a second and third and then number one for for Bradley Chubb those were I mean I'm we're biased but those are the biggest deals I can even remember in the last Mm. two trade deadlines and there hasn't been anything there was a decent size one uh for a defensive lineman uh coming out of was it it was it wasn't Carolina Washington Baltimore I don't remember who it was but there's a defensive lineman that went west talking yesterday yeah um, you have the New York Giants sending Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams, that was it. Out to the Seahawks. Uh, so that'll be a fun, a fun matchup for sure. Yeah, so far, that's the biggest deal of the of the trade deadline. And it probably will end up being the biggest deal. Uh, that if I had to bet right now, but we'll see uh, what happens. We've got David coming in here. David Youngkin saying, "I hope we keep the momentum of this win going forward. I'll be the first to eat crow. VJ's defense was great on Sunday, but I'm still not sold on it yet." David, welcome to the club, never being sold on anything. Um, so that's, uh, you know, VJ has been playing great. And I think early on, I was definitely uh, probably a little bit more of the outspoken DJ or VJ, uh, not supporters, but just like, you know, take it easy. Let's see how it plays out. And now we have this game with uh, against the Chiefs where it's the worst game of Mahomes' career. Flu game, I don't give a crap about that. Uh, they play great. They've been playing better the last three weeks. Oh, maybe I was wrong on VJ. Let's see how the rest of the season still plays out. Um, we still have games to see it. I think right now it's way more likely that he's back than he's gone, but we still have games to determine that and data to gather. So like, there's no reason to be if, if, uh, yo-yoing back and forth on your takes on this one. Just you know, steady, Eddie. We'll see how it plays. Yeah, we're certainly not in the uh, I would rather have anybody else but Vance Joseph stage mm-hmm. of things anymore. Um, you know, I was a little, I was a little surprised. I, th- I thought it took some, some huevos from uh, some, some eggs there from, from Sean Payton to stick with Vance Joseph. But we discussed on the show, we get asked all kinds of questions. So we try to get every view. And one of those is why stick by him. And we went, we went a little bit on that yesterday, but this is best case. This is what you're hoping for. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, when you stick, you, you get loyalty from the people you work with when you stick by them in tough times and then they bring you through it, man, you, you become a wonderful boss that you can get. You can then go get young, talented people because the reputation you have of this guy's easy to work for. This is somebody I want to come work for. Um, I don't know about easy would be the word. You know what I mean? But he has my back. Yeah. Yeah. He's fair. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, he's loyal. And I mean, he had that reputation on offense. I mean, hell Joe Brady was getting interviews 
to was it Joe Brady, the guy? I've already mm -hmm. forgotten him because he was getting head coaching interviews two years after he was fetching coffee for Sean Payton in New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. It was that LSU stint too that really helped. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with VJ. But they're playing a lot year, better. Man. <laughs> it's crazy. That was yeah. one year of offensive coordinator at LSU with Joe Burrow and what, what did he have? Jefferson and Chase and God Lord, I. What a team! Best yeah. off, best college offense ever. Um, I want to be offensive coordinator there too. <laughs> throw it deep, like <laughs> throw the ball. <laughs> we got uh, Sean Burns in the house saying good morning to you, Sean. Philip Hagenson, good morning. Got our guy Ethan says good morning, Jensen Broncos country. Great to see you, Ethan. Hope you're doing well. Of course, we got uh, Lance Johnson in here saying top of the morning, fellas. Headed back to Dallas after attending the game. Victory has never tasted so sweet. Well. Hopefully you enjoyed your time in Denver. Um, hopefully you didn't get snowed too much out there. I mean, crazy. That's mountain weather, right? You have snow one day and then 75 the next. So hopefully you got in and out easily from the game and Denver itself. Got Caden coming in saying, happy Halloween, Broncos country. Hopefully nothing too spooky today for Denver. Zach Power saying, morning, morning. Kevin Gray's in the house saying, morning, Nick and Scott. Dave Glassman also, happy Victory Tuesday. Heck, we can have victory every day of the week for, the, for this week. That'd be great. Let's write it out. Uh, you only get no, this... No, no. Two weeks. Two weeks. You're right. It doesn't go to neutral <laughs> next week. God, God bless. Yeah, we're going to enjoy this week and next, as Dave says. Philip also says, uh, in my opinion, I think we should keep Jewel. He's underrated. I'm on the same train as you, Phil, but the issue, again, we already talked about it, the age, the contract. If you are looking to add just even a little bit of resources next season, that's one you can move on from, and you can find linebackers. Also, like it's not you like you're going to be, you know, you could even resign him after the you season. You could sign him back. You could save yeah. money on the contract this year, get a fifth round pick and sign him again. He's a free agent. That's the thing, Phil. Is yeah. he, is, he is a free agent at the end of this year. Yep. Yeah, it's. I think I think I do it if I can get a fifth. Dominique, happy Halloween to you, Dom. Also, we got Joel coming in saying sell Jewel and Judy. Those are the two names that I think are probably the most likely uh, for the Broncos there had been talk about Sutton and Singleton both as well. So the Broncos definitely seem like they are, they have been targeting linebacker and wide receiver as positions they can move. And that makes a lot of sense, Scott, given Broncos traded, for, uh, traded up to go get Marvin Mims. He had a lot of snaps last week, not a lot of targets, but maybe it becomes more part of the offense. If Judy's gone and with Jewel again, we talked about it. We need to find out uh, Drew Sanders, even though he only played, but four reps last week. Part of that is because, you know, the game plan, the scheme and getting those guys out there. So, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to have Drew Sanders go through some lumps next season, as long as you can keep him confident. Is he a kind of guy who will learn and grow from that? Jewel's a free agent at the end of the year. So, okay. Um, depending on what you get, I'm not just give. it's not a fire sale anymore. That's the no. thing. It's it's, I don't have to just get rid of all these guys because the team has given up. No, no, I, I'm, I'm back to being in negotiate from a position of strength. I'm in a much better position if I'm Sean Payton, George Payton, and the Denver Broncos. I don't have to get rid of these guys. If you want them, you make me an offer that turns my head. We're, we're mm -hmm. not all that interested. Judy is a guy that needs to go because, again, his – I'm not. I'm sorry. I, I, let me re-say that. I said he's a guy who needs to go. I didn't mean that. He's a guy who, if you move on from, he's one of the only guys who has a guaranteed contract for next year. So if he needs to go – he's really the only expensive piece you have where you have no contract flexibility. So you ask the question on him, would you rather have Jerry Judy or would you rather have $13 million in salary cap right now? I know the answer to that one for me. I'd rather have $13 million in salary cap. I could get probably three plus starters 
upgrades across my depth for what I'm getting, for what I'm going to pay Jerry Judy next year. So yeah, if I can find someone that wants to send me a pick and pick up his contract for next year, I'm listening. Yeah, the, the thing about Judy is that, and we've seen it now, multiple cycles, but you still because you still have him under control, you can play hardball with him. Like I'm getting Absolutely. a third and a fifth, or else you can kick rocks and lick glue. I don't, I don't yeah, care. We're, we're okay with Jerry Judy next year. He's not that expensive. No. Again, and, you're, you're negotiating from position strength. As long as you've gotten rid of your additions by subtraction guys and Randy Gregory and Frank Clark. Randy Gregory is now one and six on the season, by the way. They've lost three straight since he's showed up in San Francisco. Coincidence? Yeah, probably. It's probably a coincidence. It's but enough. still. Not for him. Things have turned around since you, I won't say the word, we got flagged by YouTube for using the word to make an example of someone in a hostage yes. situation <laughs> to make sure that people know you've got their attention in the locker room and, and mm -hmm. going with the younger players and maybe a little more professionalism, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I mean, we, I feel a little justified Scott, you know, all off season talking about the edge spot, not being great, but being like, Oh man, you're losing your most talented one in my opinion in Baron Browning who has made a big difference there. So still don't know if he's a true number one up there, but, uh, the room definitely looks a lot more fun and young. It's a weird situation next year. We got a lot of time to get into it with, you know, two of your top three guys set to be free agents because they hit the end of their rookie contract in uh, both Browning and Cooper after next season. But we can get there because they'll be on the fourth year. That's a long way away. It is, but it makes a weird position for a valuable spot on a roster, which means that you might need to draft a guy now. So that way you're set up. And that's when we start talking that. trades. Yep. Again, that's where you see, can I spin one of these guys for a pick because I'm going to have trouble financially re-signing them. Yep. Or if you want to play the comp pick. Game. Roster management, it's fun. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you can go a million different ways. It's, uh, and that's kind of what's gotten the Broncos to this point too, right? A lot of uh, mis mistakes, you know, could have gone one way, went the other. Hey gang, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day you know how it is watching the broncos to say the least you work up a bit of an appetite but you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after nfl kickoffs plus all day sunday and get ready for some football and fun choose your favorite little caesar's pizza or pick the toppings you crave either way you when personally i'm a big fan of little caesar's plain cheese pizza but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust and speaking of winning everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game uh peter laurie coming in here saying good morning nick and scott let me start off by saying what a roller coaster bronco season from worst defense to top defense with ps2 and barry and browning They've been a lot better. They've been playing good football. Zach Allen has turned into a plus player on that defensive line. I still don't. I mean, I don't think he's a one A, but I mean, he's getting after it out there. He's, there. He's, he's, I mean, he's playing. He's getting there. Yeah, he's good. I, I'm a little biased, Scott. I kind of like the guys who have clubs for hands that when they touch you, you like fly backwards. Mm -hmm. And that's not as much as Zach Allen. Uh, that's I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is my cast type. Did you see what Jeffrey Simmons did to one of the best offensive linemen in football last week? He's Hulk. He is a whole one armed Chris Lindstrom. Oh my God. Yeah. It's different, right? It's <laughs> displacement. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, but anyway, that's <laughs> not to go on a task. I absolutely love Jeffrey Simmons. Um, but yeah, no, the defense is playing great, but what's kind of unfortunate is the Broncos defense was so bad early in the season, Scott. And it's not just the 70 point game. Everyone would think the 70 point games, but the efficiency 
metrics in weeks one through four were so bad that let's say the Broncos play like a top 10, top five defense the rest of the season, they're still going to be not great in the overall metrics because of how bad they were to start the season. I mean, historically bad. So, I mean, we can obviously switch sliders and the variables to kind of see how the defense has been week five on, and they've been kind of more middle of the pack. Uh, but it's going to take from a macro perspective, it's going to take insight to understand that like, well, the first four games, that was a different team out there. Um, and they played a lot better down the stretch. And we'll, we'll be fair. Just like we said this year with, with this, when people were talking about Vance Joseph and how bad this defense has gotten, this defense was a top five unit last year. And now they're awful. No, they really weren't. Mm-hmm. And here's nine games to show why post trade deadline, they were 23rd, 24th. They were pretty mm-hmm. poor. Oh, you're looking at one game. Okay. Let's take that game out of it. They're yeah. 22nd, 21st. So, We'll do the same thing. We'll be fair. Listen, if you turn a corner and you see, I, I like, I like line graphs, Nick. I like, I like trend charts. I like watching mm-hmm. line graphs. If I see you stink, 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 and all of a sudden here you get good and you stay good, we're going to cut this off. And we got a 10 game look to say, this is where this defense is now. Forget yeah. this part. This is gone. It's ancient history. BK Mark, he's coming in with a $10 super chat. Thank you, Mark. It says, morning, gents in Broncos country. Random question. But what's going on with Riley Moss? Also, I think Judy is the only uh, in-season trade we make. We went over Jerry, uh, Judy, BK, uh, appreciate you. And again, I, I won't be surprised if nobody gets traded. It, it, it's it's harder to make a deal than it is to make no deal. Um, so, you know, last year, Nick was on here. He'd already heard some stuff coming in. And then 30 minutes after I'm getting done saying, I don't think Bradley Chubb, I just don't see it happening. He gets traded. Um, but I'm not hearing Nick say anything right now. So other than, than maybe he's on here, but what is going on with Riley Moss? Is he healthy? Is he ready? Um, one of the guys you said that's playing better. We talked Baron Browning and, and PS2, Fabian Moreau played every single snap last week. And he's been a tremendous upgrade over what the Broncos had the first three, four weeks of the season. So there's another guy is Fabian Moreau helping to keep Riley Moss off the field right now, or is this still about Riley Moss? I think it's a little bit of both, and we can't talk about the position without also giving a shout-out to Jaquan McMillan, who was unbelievable in this game. I mean, it was one of the better secondary position games we've seen from a player in the Broncos this season, just from a standout. PFF grade? Was it like 92 or something? Well, we we, it's it's fun. We, you know, I always say I like to to trust but verify. So I, uh, you know, we we talked about these players like, man, we love the way Zach Allen played. We love the way... Uh, McMillian. It's is it is it McMillan? It's spelled McMillian. I think it's McMillan. Um, what he played. Um, and then you go and look at the PFF grades, and Jaquan comes in with an eighty-nine point four, which was twelve points higher than Baron Browning and Zach Allen and Josie Jewell, who came in next. It's like, oh yeah, good. We know what we're talking about, so they're grading well. Now we can refer to their grades for the Broncos more often with trust. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what is going on with Riley Moss. You, you've gotten big time improvement from two defensive backs and you got Pat Sertan on there. So is this about the guys that are playing or is this about Riley Moss? I think it's more about Riley Moss. I think that uh, hernia that he had set him back a bit. And I think they've had some, he's had some chances at special teams and hasn't really stood out compared to like Tremont Smith and everything uh, as well. So, and thank you so much, BK Mark. So unfortunately, I think this is probably a situation where a guy might get lost to the, you know, 
whatever the NFL, when you get injured at your rookie season, you miss all that time. It might be a lost season uh, for Moss in that regard. So we'll see. I'm hoping that he still gets healthy and whatnot, but as long as you're playing okay football in the secondary at cornerback, as we're seeing right now, no reason to rush him. So it's, I wouldn't worry too much just yet, uh, but we're definitely keeping an eye on what happens with Moss. Zach says, I'm with Scott, and I don't like the word capital when talking about draft picks, but if we want to come up with new words, I don't mind resources. Zach, that's that's how I refer to them when we're talking about the spend on a position. You're going to end up needing a premium resource at this spot, whether it's money, that's resource, or a draft pick. So I, that's that's how I refer to them, premium resources. What What's it going to take? But yeah, when people say draft capital, that just that just annoys me because 100% of the time they're talking about draft picks, which has been draft picks for like 60 years. The reinvention of the language just irritates me because I'm an old guy. We don't have to go down it again. <laughs> uh, but you can have a lot of draft picks, but not have a lot of draft capital. Because if you have then 20... You, but you don't save any picks. time by saying, okay, we don't have any high draft picks. Same thing. It's the same thing. English Every time is, you say capital for draft capital, you can substitute picks and have the exact same meaning. Mostly. Yeah, I agree with you. You can say, unless you you have to add the word high, there's qualifiers in there, but, um, but uh, capital too. high. Otherwise it's capital. just picks and you don't know where they are, whether they're high or low. Do we have high draft picks or not? Do we have high draft capital or not? Saying high picks is also less syllables than capital by itself. So maybe you are in the office like seven here. Anyway, okay, I'm done. Coffee Joel is going in. good, y'all. Thank you, Patrick. When you come in, the coffee is kicking today. Joel comes in and says, uh, Jerry Judy for Bears cornerback Jalen Johnson. Who says no? The Chicago Bears say no in this scenario. In my opinion, Jalen Johnson's been a really good cornerback for them. And uh, the reason they're not, they're looking to trade him is because he wants a new contract offer as well. So, uh, I think the Bears do say no, but also it's weird from the Broncos because do they have the ability to sign Jalen Johnson a big contract right out of the gate after this? I mean, I know you're not paying your secondary a lot outside of Justin Simmons, but with Russell Wilson's contract kicking up here, I just don't know what the flexibility is uh, to pay a cornerback to that much money on your roster. So, I mean, Johnson's great. I, I don't know if it makes sense for the Broncos, though. Right now, Jalen Johnson is listed by PFF as the number three cornerback in, in all of football. He's, That's I mean, an he's, inequitable trade right now. <laughs> yeah. He's had injuries. So, Cornerbacks are volatile. Mm -hmm. uh, but still. Yeah. A wide I, receiver like Jerry Judy right now. And that's the thing is you see, we watch Jerry Judy every day. And you see the flashes. And you're mm -hmm. just like, it's so tantalizing. But you, you flip over his football card and you look at the stats on the back and he is who he is after three years. You know, that's yeah. you're hoping he's going to take that leap, but you can't keep banking on potential, potential, potential. Um, and right now it's an inequitable trade. So I, I agree, Joel, with what Nick said right now. Who says no? The the Bears probably say the Bears probably the Bears. say no. Yep, they probably do say no on that one. Uh, David Kilgore with the super chat coming in here. Thank you so much. Says, any chance do we trade Russ now that Minnesota is looking for a quarterback with Cousins out for the season? I think it's going to be next. I The financial ramifications and aspect of trading Russell Wilson make it almost impossible to move him um, unless there's some crazy like cap moving around stuff. But as far as a deadline perspective, I think that would be pretty damn hard to do. Maybe it happens in the offseason. God, it would be complicated as heck. We'd have to spend multiple shows dissecting what's going on with the money and where is it going, but it's not happening at the deadline. I would be 
I hate to talk in absolutes. I am 99.9% sure that it's not going to happen at the deadline here. Yeah, I, I think you you talk about Russell Wilson coming back to the table to give money back if, if to get moved, if this isn't the right spot for him. Um, I think he would have to, to return some money to the Denver Broncos. It's possible. I mean, okay, instead of 200 million guaranteed, I'll take 150. Here's $50 million back. I'm going to go get paid 30 by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, it would be very, very complicated. Any chance? Yes. Do we see it happening? No. Um, no, we don't. Yeah. Appreciate you, I, David. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dave, for the 1999. That really does help. Uh, we appreciate that. Not everybody is able to contribute to the show, uh, but when you do it, really, I mean, big help uh, for Scott and I, of course. We also got Steve Kennedy coming in here. Talk. He probably has some good Halloween memories of this guy over here saying a happy Halloween, gentlemen. Appreciate you. Steve Don't leave the house me. with the axe and your Jason mask. Okay. I'll use a plastic one. Uh-oh. <laughs> Just don't go to school like that. Uh, we got Miguel coming in here saying, good morning, fellas. Still feeling great about that dub on Sunday. Hope it carries over to next week. I mean, I hope it carries over for the entire season, um, but uh, we'll see how it plays out for sure. Tyler Brooks saying three field goals. Had to say that again. Mahomes softening me up with all the nice things he said about us Denver fans, but still glad we whooped them. Go Broncos. Yeah, it was fun to beat uh, Patrick Mahomes. This is one thing, Scott, where I you never want to take too many giant uh, takeaways from a singular game because singular games are weird and they can they, crazy things can happen. It's one reason that when I'm looking at team building aspects, when I'm reviewing a season, I don't just look at the Super Bowl winner. I look at the teams that made like the final four and the division winners because that's a much broader sample size. I mean, what are you taking away from that 2012 Falcons team that ended up winning with Joe Flacco and just like crazy luck Ravens. week after the rate? Excuse me. I, what did I say? didn't win it. Yeah, yeah, Denver too. They got Bill Vinoviched. Um, but anyway, that's the small a, sample size, Nick. We say all the time, yeah. give me a small enough sample size, I'll improve it. Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco and Brad Johnson were Super Bowl winning quarterbacks out yep. of fifty five. That's yeah. those aren't who you you're gonna. Well, Trent Dilfer won one. Well, obviously, you don't need to have a quarterback. Yeah, keep keep trying to build on the exception of the rule. You're gonna lose a lot of football games. It'd be like banking on rolling a Yahtzee. Right, like I only live if I can roll the Yahtzee here. That's good luck. Well, he You're rolled dead. one, so look, it yeah. can happen. Yeah, it can it happen, but the probability is really, really against you. Yeah, that's like living on scratchers. It's not. But to, last. The, to be fair, Nick, part of that's also I want to see multiple years. You know, when we start talking about okay, three of the four guys were on rookie contracts. Okay, well that could be an anomaly right now in history. You know, that mm -hmm. could just be this was a good young class. What happens when these guys get older and there aren't as many openings for rookie players on good teams and rookie quarterbacks. So we'll see, you know, we'll see that, you know, we call that a cheat code and stuff. And will it matter as Joe Burrow eats up more of his cap as Josh Allen, as these guys get older, you know, Justin Herbert still hasn't done anything on there. And we talk about these young guys. So there's more than one way to skin a cat. And I, I think we're getting to a point now where we can start asking, is it worth having a $50 million quarterback? Well, a $50 million quarterback won it. Well, yeah, that's one or two guys that are winning all of them. Yeah. You know, right now it's Patrick Mahomes and that, that are winning all of them. So are they the exception? What is the, the best way to do it? But I agree with you. I want to look at six teams and I want to mm -hmm. look across multiple years, which is, hey, we've been here for three. We're, we're mm -hmm. digging into our fourth year already. So we'll be here. Yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> my point of this Chiefs one, this Chiefs game was that 
you and I are very trench oriented, but at the end of the day, you still need somebody who can do something with the ball in their hands. And the chiefs in this one, uh, you know, God bless Watson and sky Moore and, uh, Rasheed rice and all they have out there. They got nobody at wide receiver and they don't have anybody who can make anybody pay for playing super conservative coverage. You have to go down the field. I mean, we saw the first game. I mean, Travis Kelsey was killing them, but it was, you know, paper cuts, paper cut, paper cut, paper cut, paper cut. And if you have even an average offensive output, if you're not creating explosives on the other end, it's hard to freaking score. Um, So that's like, I kind of took away that, you know, maybe there is starting to be a little bit of a, a pull towards playmakers a little bit uh, in that regard, in that regard, because it's so hard to get explosives right now. Well, we can, for the most part, we can look at the dynasties and tell you who their skill guys were. Yeah. You know, I mean, New England Patriots and Tom Brady might be the exception. And that's a lot. That's a big exception when he's got seven rings. Gronk. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I can go back to from, you know, the Steelers. That's about as far as I go back with the 70 Steelers yeah. in my memory. The Steelers, you know, Lennon, uh, Swan and uh, Stallworth. Let's get into the 80s and I get to the 49ers and Jerry Rice and John Taylor and their running backs were phenomenal too. Yeah. Roger Craig, Wendell Tyler, etc. I get now to the 90s where the Dallas Cowboys were ruling. I got Michael Irvin. I got Alvin Harper. Um, I got their tight end. I don't remember who their tight end is off the top of my head. But again, you, you, you have to have those guys. And I warned yesterday, be careful turning the Kansas City Chiefs into the Green Bay Packers where they just said, you know what? Our quarterback's so good, he's going to make plays. Well, Aaron Rodgers only ended up with one Super Bowl because he didn't really have the offensive weapons, especially towards the back end of his career, where it was like, okay, they'd win 11 games because they could get to navigate their schedule, but then anybody with a defense in the NFC, they're not beating them. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's going to happen, Nick. I think the, the Kansas City will will navigate out of that, but they they could use a playmaker too. Yeah, without a doubt. Um Kevin comes in, people still saying it was only because Pat was sick. What do you say? I say scoreboard. Broncos beat up on the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is healthy enough to play. Nobody's apologizing uh, for the Broncos, you know, missing anybody in any of their losses. It's it's the game, right? If you suit it up, you're out there. You are going to be judged for it. If people want to put an asterisk on it, at the end of the day, it counts the same. It breaks the streak. Uh, the Broncos now can hold that over the Chiefs for a calendar year that they are, you know, the one up on them right now. So, I don't give a flying, you know what? Uh, too bad. It's pretty easy to trigger a Chiefs fan by just reminding them that the only reason they won the Super Bowl is because of a holding call. Yeah. No, I, I'm t- I'm teasing on that Chiefs fans. Um, I never said that. I got Chiefs hate. I my I did a video after that when it was actually on Broncos for breakfast. Someone asked, "What do you what do you think about that?" I said, "I felt cheated because I, I got cheated out of what was going to be a f- spectacular ending. I don't know who was going to win, but as soon as that call was made, we knew who was going to win." Other part you say is um, you could just be sarcastic. Well, I guess it doesn't count then, you know, in the standings. Third is like, who cares? You know, if, if that makes you feel better, you know, if, if that helps you sleep at night, Pat was sick. They didn't lose this game because Patrick Mahomes wasn't making plays. They lost the game because the guys that Patrick Mahomes was throwing to weren't making plays. Patrick Mahomes yeah. was making plays. He can't catch it. Oh, I guess a healthy Patrick Mahomes would have caught that ball in the end zone, huh? Yeah. It's just people justify bias is unbelievably powerful. Uh, and, and that's why it's, you know, fans are short for fanatics. It's not because they don't call them logics or loges for logicals being short for logical. It's short for fanaticism. Yeah, absolutely. Troy we comes got- in. Troy Boer. Appreciate you, Troy. We didn't get this one. I don't think, did we? 
No, we did not. But uh, happy holiday to you, Troy Boo. Her. Well, that's how I'm going to remember it. So appreciate it. it. Says, hey, guys, does the second half of our schedule look better than it did before the season? Also, can we trade Judy for Pitts? Have a great show. Uh, Kyle Pitts, if you want to throw in, you know, a 2024 second round pick and a, we don't have one, excuse me, 2025 second round pick and a third this year, plus Judy and maybe get a six back than possible. But Pitts is a lot more valuable than Jerry Judy, despite the uh, issues that Atlanta's past game has had. Um, Pitts being a lottery pick, uh, it's just it's, I think he has way more, <clears throat> excuse me, way more value than Judy. So I don't see that happening. I also don't see the Falcons with their physical nature looking to bring on Judy as well. But uh, I, yeah, it's, I would take Pitts on this team instead of Judy for sure. Yeah, you're the Falcons wouldn't do that. You're you're more likely to get a third round pick out of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, what, they've got a conditional fourth that can move up to it. That will probably move up to a third, giving them a two thirds. It could have elevate to a second. If you go look at Tankathon and you see that Jacksonville Jaguars pick they have in the fourth, it's almost certainly going to be a third, and it could be a second pick. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd be more likely to get that pick from the Falcons for Jerry Judy. Um, I, I think I think Pitts, I really believe he still fetches a first-round pick in a trade. May not be a top-five pick, no. but I, I think he's he, he goes for a first. He's 23 years old, just turned 23 in September. Yep. Still has all of the measurables that made him the highest drafted tight end ever um, and hasn't really played in an offense that was going to use him the right way for lack of scheming and or resources yeah i don't think it's happening but we'll see um i don't know if we said hi to pat Laurie, but good to see you robbie red comes in and said broncos should wear their all white jerseys with their throwback helmets can't do that i think you have to any alternate helmet has to be worn with your specific color rush uniform maybe that'll change here in a bit um but uh there's all these weird rules i don't know what it is why I do Why? not. I I have some answers, Scott. I have no idea on that one. Um, I mean, okay. Well, you can wear throwbacks, but you can't wear them in this combination, dude. Who effing cares? Yeah, I I have no idea. Uh, that's stupid. No. Um, you I can't want them wear dark if the home team wears wants to wear dark. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, I don't really care. Um, I mean, I would love to see the throwback. I wish they wore the all whites with that white helmet that they wore versus the Jets, but. Uh, Rules are rules, and maybe they'll change it. I have no idea what that one exists, Scott. Um, Zach Powers coming in, uh, still bringing us some draft questions, even though the Broncos are winning two in a row. Zach is not a true fan if he wants to talk draft. No, I'm just kidding. That's, <laughs> uh, is J.J. McCarthy worth a dart throw if Broncos are picking 7-10? to 10? If not, feels like a trade back makes most sense if there is a buyer. Trade backs are always tricky because it takes two to tango, so it's so hard to project. That also means that there has to be, A, a player that's worth trading up for, and be a market for that. You know, you're not just trading down or trade down. You have to feel like you're getting equitable value in return on your precious draft capital. Um, but uh, as far as <laughs> Scott just died, happy Halloween. Um, is uh, JJ McCarthy worth a dat- dart throw that high? It's too early for me to say. Um, Michigan's in a weird situation where they just literally are just bludgeoning teams to death. And so McCarthy's like really it's never under. I, they, they just, I mean, their offensive line is unbelievable, Scott. Uh, so they're and they have probably the best running back duo too. So they are just whipping teams in the trenches and making JJ McCarthy's job really, really easy. He just not has not had to play through much adversity in a game situation. So there hasn't been too many high leverage throws. Now you see some highlights him escaping the pocket with some really good throws. Can he? Does he have touch? Can he feather a throw? Can he layer it? I don't see that. Everything's almost 100 mile an hour fastball right now. Does he have the ability to play 
through consistent pressure. Haven't really seen that. You see flashes. It's not there, though, consistently. Uh, it does he have the ability to get through progressions while he's under duress. I mean, he's just such a hard evaluation right now. We're going to find out about McCarthy, though, pretty soon here because we have Penn State and Ohio State coming up soon for Michigan, and those are two of the top 10 most talented defenses in college football. And then either a really good bowl game or a playoff or the Big Ten championship. So J.J. McCarthy, potential top 10 pick. I feel like most people have him as a late round one right now. He's still pretty young, uh, but tools are interesting. Certainly possible for the Broncos. Jill Billy, that comes in, uh, feels like a new name. I feel like I'd remember that one. It's just fun to say. Gil Billy? I like it both. I bet it's Gil. Gil Baron Browning looked like a baby Vaughn out there. Browning was the first time all season I've seen a Denver Broncos edge take on a tackle head up and push him backwards. And he's got, we know he's got the quickness. You know, Nick Benito is going to beat you with speed. Randy Gregory was getting blocked by reserve right tackles. Jonathan Cooper is good motor, not necessarily overly powerful or overly quick, but part of a nice rotation. Baron Browning, we know he's quick, but he was powerful too. Uh, I, I saw him watching him getting a push on guys. He's a difference maker. He's he's a big, big help to this defense. And by God, he's got to stay healthy. Hopefully they waited enough time where he can stay healthy and you can get him for, what, 10 games now? He's played two. How many are left? Mm-hmm. Nine. Get him for 11 straight games and start thinking about, man, this is the guy. Yeah. Stay healthy, dude. We know, you, we know you've got it in you. you. We've seen it every time you've been out there. Yeah, he's a athletic specimen. Um, the issue is injuries. He's been injured at Ohio State. He's been injured every single year in Denver so far. So uh, extremely talented. I mean, when you plug him into the mock draftable database and sort him to edge, his number one athletic comparison for all the measurables that they had at the combine was Khalil Mack, um, just as far as the body type and how he measured in the explosive drills and everything. So not that he is Khalil Mack uh, in his prime, but – He's a very, very talented player, and uh, if he can stay healthy, he can be a really darn good pass rusher. And I'm pretty darn happy they moved him to edge. I know there's a lot of you know hand wringing about that. Why would you move your most athletic linebacker to edge? Well, pass rush is more valuable, and if you can get a guy like that at rushing the passer versus you know trying to play run fits and play from his you know neck up versus using that athleticism, then uh, probably a, probably a good move long term. But he's got to stay healthy. Keith Brugman says congratulations to the Lions. Yeah, but that helmet was terrible, Detroit. I didn't watch the uh, the game last night other than I saw Jimmy Garoppolo missed a super wide open Devontae Adams. That would have been a big 98-yard touchdown, but uh, congrats to the Lions. Uh, they're a team that is uh, definitely feisty in a absolutely wide open NFC. I'm a big fan of that color of blue, um, but it doesn't have a lot of positive connotations in football. I see it, and I think Duke. Um so it's not really a power scheme for me. That said, I feel like their standard uniforms are too much Dallas Cowboys. It's like, okay, you're Dallas Cowboys wannabes because you haven't had the success. So I liked it being a little different, but the, I don't know, the dishwater gray with the blue, it wasn't my favorite uniform either, Keith, but they're a good team. That's that's what really matters. As we see all the time about uniforms, man, I don't care what they're out there. If they're if they're out there playing well, and they're, they're a good team. And uh yeah, how how long can they make this last if you're down there for sure? Goodness gracious. Uh, in, in Las Vegas, what a disaster. Uh, Deuce from New Orleans says, we should have kept Albert O. Glass Dulcich isn't working out. 
Uh, Albert O has been active for one game, but has not seen a snap in the NFL in 2023. I'm not sure that Albert O was your answer either. Whether or not Dulcich is working out, I don't think Albert O really factors into the equation, to be honest with you, Deuce. Um, again, you had a guy who's like, we had a great game, you know, end of the season. So did the player you signed off New Orleans that's on your practice squad had almost an exact replica of that game in the last preseason. We haven't seen him either. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's tough to get on the field, man. Um, the, the They need some help at tight end for sure in, in the receiving aspects of this game. I just don't think that that Albert uh, Okawebenam is is w- would have been your answer this year either. The issue, and it's something that we kind of disagreed about a tad, Scott. But I think I'll double down on the take a little bit. Just looking at the last two weeks and the formula, the blocking from that tight end spot matters for this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, you're seeing Chris Manhurts get 55 percent of the snaps. How many catches does he even have this season? But they're they're effective offense when he's on the field. They're running a six offensive freaking lineman out there. Oh, 20% of the plays, 15% of the plays last week. Uh, you're seeing Troutman play almost a hundred percent of the plays. I mean, mm-hmm. that inline aspect does matter. Now the ability to play off of that in, you know, 12, 21 personnel, whatever you want to call it. 22 uh, is a wrinkle that's missing because you are lacking that pass catching playmaking tight end aspect from this offense. But I think the bottom line is rule number one is can you at least contribute enough in the pass blocking department that the defense has to account for you? Because if they're not accounting for you as a tight end, I might as well freaking play a wide receiver or an offensive lineman. You're not doing it for me. I need you to create a a mismatch and a personnel issue for the defense across the way. We knew that coming in just by looking at the guys they signed. They signed Mm -hmm. Powers. They signed McGlinchey. They signed Troutman. They signed Manhurts. The tight end, Um, the fullback, Burton. And there's one more, I think, that who am I forgetting? I, I don't have the the depth chart. He was a former offensive lineman from South Carolina. That may have been the the player that they just signed, who's a tight end. I mean, they didn't just sign, but he might be the, the guy on the practice squad that we're talking about from New Orleans. Yeah, name's escaping me. Uh, I'll look, the, look that up, back up soon. But it, it is, it's absolutely about blocking. You just but still need more of a receiving threat. I want to find a guy who can do both, who can yeah. who can be more of a receiving threat, it's blocking first, though, right now. You can look at the guys they have out there. It's Manhurts and it's it's Troutman. It's well, it's Troutman and then it's Manhurts. Mm-hmm. Blocking's first for sure. Yep. Um and then Atkins, too, who is, you know, fullback usage hybrid. That might be who I'm thinking of, who was the uh who he was he was an off his dad was an offense it was a high school coach and he was an offensive lineman in high school, didn't play tight end until he got to college. I think that's Atkins. Oh, at yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. More fullback style. But yeah, that's I mean it matters from a scheme perspective. Obviously, the guys that are making big money and impact in the, the league from the eyeballs perspective are the pass catchers. But for the integrity and the style of this offense, you have to be able to contribute in line. And there's just not many uh, reps for those guys who are, you know, auxiliary um, in that front. And we got Keith coming in there. Also, we got Keith saying, good morning. Nick and Scott, give me a free agent. That has been a trick and one that's been a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would say that... Uh, Maybe this is unfair, Scott. This is one we haven't talked about too much, but has Singleton kind of been a little bit of a trick this year? Um, after I, I like the way Singleton has played for the most part. He's not grading out all that well by PFF, but when I see him, he's he's making plays. He's working well laterally. Um, you know, he got outrun on. He took a bad angle against uh, Rice on a big gainer against Kansas City, mm-hmm. but I think for the most part, I thought he's played pretty well. Yeah, I mean, the obvious one would be McGlinchey, right? I just like we haven't talked much about Singleton. Maybe the Broncos would have been better 
you know, doing what they did with Singleton to start and signing somebody who's cheap with upside rather than committing as much as they did to Singleton. But uh, I, I don't know. As far as a treat for free agency, oh man, um, I'm gonna cheat. Okay, I'm gonna take an undrafted free agent. Uh, who is still nonetheless a free agent, and I'm going to go Jim, Jaleel McLaughlin. Has been that's definitely a treat for this team. That's a great like, one. You walk in and you 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 you, you say trick or treat, and you got that one house that's handing out full size candy bars. That's Jaleel McLaughlin right in your bag. Yeah, that's definitely one that uh, is a little bit of a cheat there. I mean, trick maybe Frank Clark also, but he, we tricked him to giving money back to us to be released, and then he goes <laughs> to Seattle. So that's great. He's still count, yeah, but he's he, you paid him, and he still counts on your books next year. It wasn't that much of a trick. Yeah, we got tricked a bit. Um, as far as a treat, I think somebody who we haven't been giving it enough credit to, um, but I've really enjoyed his aspects as a treat has been Samaje Pirine. Yes, he's not just Leo McLaughlin. Yes, he's not Javante Williams, but his pass protection out there when they are running shotgun, I mean, he's picked up free rushers pretty darn well. And also his ability in, as a uh, an outlet in the pass game as well. I mean, you get Samaje Pirine one-on-one with a safety or a cornerback and in a dump off, I mean, He's made guys miss or run them over um, a lot this season. So he's been underrated. A very small treat. You know, it's the uh, the bag of ra- or the little box of raisins. But, uh, you know, those are good for you, too. So uh, All right, here we go. Big money free agents. Derek Carr was almost twice as much as the next one. $100 million guaranteed was twice as much as the number two. $87 million, but total guaranteed was 50 And Mike McGlinchey. Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle. Jawan Taylor, right tackle. The next one, number five, is quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, then I moved down to Tremaine Edmonds. I get to Orlando Brown Jr. The tackles were in in high demand. And then Jesse Bates uh, rounding out. I would say Jesse Bates out of that bunch was as good of a pick as anybody. I haven't watched Javon Hargrave. I know he's really good to see what kind of impact he's had. But I know what kind of impact Jesse Bates has had. And it's better than any of those other guys ahead of him. Teams that win in March don't end up typically winning in October, November. So, uh, yeah, that's a good question, Keith. We appreciate you. Bama X in here. Good morning, Broncos country. Uh, we got uh, Jamie coming in saying, could the Broncos add a receiver? I'm doubtful in this cycle. Uh, the offseason, we're definitely going to have a chance to talk about it. But I don't think, other than bringing up somebody off the practice squad. Yeah, and that, that counts as an ad. Because they, they used the 53rd spot on Ben Neiman when they put Brandon Johnson on an IR. Could we see some movement in that case where you get another receiver on there or are you okay uh overall with with uh or do we just start seeing marvin mims on the field more might see mims on the field more um we'll see what happens with those former new orleans receivers you know little jordan humphrey his role might be cut once dulcich is back healthy a tad because they're kind of playing the same you know detached big slot spot um also, you got Traquan Smith, uh, who's somebody who could contribute as well. I just think you're probably this season just rotating guys in and off the practice squad at the back end um, for that wide receiver spot. The offseason, though, wide receiver is very much going to be in the conversation in the draft. Uh, I mean, we saw it. Broncos had all these guys healthy, and then this offseason, they were still out there trying to, you know, bring in Alan Lazard, sign uh, Adam Thielen. So. As much as you know, they're playing well, and we hear Sean Payton talk about them. It did seem like they were not happy with the guys they had, and were looking to add different uh, skill sets. So, wide receiver certainly possible. Um, we got Pearl Heater coming on. When will all this guaranteed money end? I don't know if you're talking about a specific player here or anything like that, but we're just talking about in general since I went down the most expensive guys uh, in in free agency. 
Yeah, I mean, it's never going to end. I do think that the Deshaun Watson contract maybe put an end to the 100% guaranteed contract um, because owners are going to look at that and, you know, clutch their pearls and scream. Um, but there's still going to be guaranteed con- guaranteed money in contracts. Yeah, my answer to this, Pearl, is hopefully never. Um, the NFL is the only major sport that, that we watch in the U.S. that don't have guaranteed contracts, and it's the most dangerous so for the sake of the players, I want them to have guaranteed contracts. Uh, the rookies do. Uh, the veterans don't. And if they would close the loopholes on all of these contracts and stuff, they would all be guaranteed. And then you wouldn't see ridiculous stuff like um, Mike McGlinchey's $87.5 million contract. No, it's really three years and 50. That's his contract. Uh, you know, we said from the very beginning, the reporting going on, Randy Gregory's $70 million contract. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. It was a two-year, $26 million contract, and that's what it ended up being. That's what you're ending up paying them. So I don't want guaranteed contracts to end. I'd rather see some of these loopholes close around manipulating the salary cap, and you pay the guys that are out there putting their their lives on the line. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I don't. it won't end. Um, but uh, we'll see if it gets increased. That Deshaun Watson stuff really set players back. I'm sure the players union's not happy about how that's playing out. Greg Smith says, good morning. We also got Mark Schrader in here saying good morning. Uh, have not gotten to everybody today. I've been trying to, but just so much fun stuff to talk about. Uh, also, he said aloha to us as well. We got Linda C in here saying hello to you, Linda, on Facebook. Kaylee on Green's in the house. Always good to see you. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, and we also have Keith coming in. Said Riley Moss, one morning what happened to JL Skinner? Can't find a way to dress him on Sunday. What was Skinner? Was he a fifth round pick, sixth round pick? Uh, I think I it's he a- was six, but I don't remember for a hundred percent certain. I can look it up pretty quick though. I thought yeah, he was I mean, sixth round pick. You're talking about then, then Forsyth went in the seventh. Yeah. So you're talking about a guy who went very late, um, has a really weird body type as well. Uh, kind of looking, you know, talking about Slim Reaper out there. And they traded up for Moss at a position where they really do need help even more than safety right now. So I think that's why you have a little bit more conversation about Moss than uh, Skinner, but you know, we'll see how it plays out for him. I'm, I'm just hoping that you can get a uh, return on special teams ability from him. But right now he has not been in that pecking order. Alberto coming in saying, what's up guys? Not too much. Just going to be wrapping up the show here pretty soon. Um, hope you're doing well. And uh, orange Bucky says, Nick just added some bass to his voice. I feel like some days I wake up kind of like, it's like, little little. <laughs> a little lower down there, but uh, I don't know what's going on. My neighbor uh, had a child who had a voice like that. And uh, I like recorded a message and sent it to her. I was like, hey, mom, it's Eli. After I woke up, you know, sick with a mom <laughs> like that. I'm over at Sean's house. We're having some brats, drinking some beer, smoking stogies. I'll be home in an hour. <laughs> so, yes, morning voice. I've, I've been there. Um, maybe I'll keep it. I don't know if you guys like it. If it's getting super chats, then it's in. Uh, Michael Ronquillo saying, great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Appreciate everybody coming in here. Quentin Caldwell's in the house, too, saying good morning. Um, yeah, so final question here, Scott, but as we wrap it on up, do you expect any trades today uh, for the Broncos, and who do you see being moved, if so? I'm negative. I'm cynical. And I, like I said, I, you you want to see trades because they're exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and no trades, no movement is boring. You end up disappointed. You want to see some moves made and, and the hope that, Hey, we traded Jerry Judy. Oh, I'm disappointed. We got a first round pick. Yay. I, I just, I don't see, 
I won't be surprised if, if Josie Jewell is moved because he is a pending free agent. I won't be surprised if Jerry Judy is moved because you have some depth at that position to a certain extent, and he's got a big contract that is guaranteed mm -hmm. next year. Anything after that, I'm not counting pick swaps. Those aren't trades to me. Those are basically guys we were, were getting rid of. You know, we traded Contavious Street. We got back a seventh rounder, and we sent them a sixth. That doesn't count. Yeah. So any substantial moves... I don't see it happening for the reasons I just said, and because this is no longer a fire sale. You don't have to get the guys that you're going to move for salary cap reasons or change for salary cap reasons. You can still do in the off season, the expensive yeah. guys, Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick, those guys are all under contract, all have contract flexibility. You no longer have to have a fire sale because your team did not quit on you and they're winning. You're in a position of strength in negotiations. If they don't want to send you what you want, keep the guys. We'll talk in the offseason. So, no, I don't see a whole lot happening right now. Yeah, I, I think nothing's going to happen also. Um, like last year, you know, there was a lot of groundswell that a move would be made. It seems like the Broncos have asking prices uh, that they've set. Teams know that, and teams were hoping the Broncos would come down off them. And if anything, those have been reaffirmed with that victory versus Kansas City. So we'll see what happens. There has been a little tiny bit of talk for defensive line as well, Scott, from the Broncos. I think that would mean potentially a DJ Jones or a Mike Purcell trade, opening spots for some younger guys, which would be a step back from this season. But who knows what it means for the future? I think that's still less likely than linebacker or wide receiver. But that's one that I, at least I wanted to toss out there so we aren't blindsided by it. There has been you, a little contract. You have contract flexibility with DJ Jones also. We just never really considered him because he's been really Solid. good. Yep. But, hey, if you want to get something in return, you got to give up something you don't want to give up for the most part. Um, that's not true in this case. We do our damnedest to provide something you like, and we get something in return from guys like Ethan. He says, great show, gents. Happy Halloween in Broncos country. Thank you, sir. Great to see you. Hope you were doing well. Uh, travels and all that. I know you've been back and forth a lot between here and uh, in, in the UK. So hope everything's going well. Uh, appreciate the support you always show Nick and I on this show. You're a reason why we're on. You're going on your four here soon. Yeah, God, time flies. Luke in the house, the the guy, Luke Patterson, obviously MHH brethren says uh, the only thing scarier than Halloween is committing to a new Jerry Judy contract. It's not like the Broncos have the highest paid wide receiver room or anything. Not happening uh, for a bit, Luke. They have the uh, control next season already, and we'll see if he's still here at the end of the day today. I think he will be, but things change. So that, I, I, we're a ways off. I won't from be surprised contract. at all if he doesn't start next season with the Denver Broncos, but there's an off-season discussions to be had that I think is more likely than doing something today, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And final uh, conversation here, Scott. Uh, I put it in the chat, so we need to are in the title. Is there any spots where you could see the Broncos being buyers? I know that Sean Payton messed up his language in the post-game conference or the one Tuesday or Monday, whatever it was, when he's like, oh, yeah, we're not uh, calling people as buyers. He meant to say, like, sellers, you know, on the market. But is there any spots where if you were in charge, uh, the Broncos could make a move, guys that you'd be interested in? Uh, and before we even get into that, the caveat is the Broncos don't have a lot of draft picks, draft uh, resources, um, so they don't have the ability to What really kind of resources? Picks! Yeah. Picks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Future picks, picks. Even salary cap stuff is hard for the Broncos to take on, guys. Sometimes you can do that, but with how it sets up, it's hard for them. 
Um, but is there any spots where you'd potentially be looking to add guys, any teams or names that stand out or is that just, you know, nope, it's not happening. Not any names, but I would have been interested in doing a move like the Falcons did yesterday for Contavious street, a defensive tackle. Who's got some bona fides who played in new Orleans, uh, has some good, good stuff under his belt. And they, it was a pick swap. That would be a move. Again, I don't necessarily count those as trades or, you know, this is, we don't want this guy anymore. Do you want him? Yeah. Um, which is how most trades happen anyway, Scott. Um, but yeah, you could use another defensive lineman. You could use another 300 pounder in there. And if you're going to make a move with someone like DJ Jones, by God, you better bring somebody in return. Um, but you look back and then it just becomes depth, man. You know, if, if Jerry Judy goes today, you could probably use another wide receiver from somewhere. You could always use more defensive back help. So, you know, there's nothing that we're thinking of. Okay. This is imminent. This makes sense. Let's go after this guy other than just the, the standard, the standard stuff of, yeah, we could use some help here, here, and here. Yeah. For me, I mean, cornerback would make a lot of sense if you're looking long-term for this team. Uh, obviously we've, you've, been out and said how good Fabian Moreau's played over the recent stretch, but we have much larger sample size to say that, is this sustainable? I mean, is this who he is? He's had a lot of bad tape out there. Um, So cornerbacks, one that stands out. I personally would at least be on the phone and gauging the interest of two teams that are really bad this season, probably looking to add draft picks and kind of reshuffle things here. And the, the teams that I'm looking at are, Everybody probably knows what position I'm going, but the teams I'm looking at are the Panthers and the Patriots, both very bad teams chance for uh, to earn the number one overall pick, even though the Panthers would send it to the bears, but I digress. Um, I would be looking to see if the Panthers have any interest in trading Derek Brown. Um, Probably not. It's probably gonna take your first for him, but like you're talking about a difference maker in the trenches there. That is a building block style of player. Um, And also I'd be calling the Patriots about Christian Barmore. Uh, another interior defensive lineman who's not as talented as uh, the likes of Derek Brown, former top seven overall pick, uh, but adding somebody like that to the uh, defensive front here to get less reps, less dependency on Jonathan Harris. And uh, some of those guys would be a move that I, at least I'd be on the phone to see what it would take. I'm not giving up the first round pick this season. So probably not getting Brown in that regard uh, because Broncos could still tank. And that's a top five pick. You don't want to give that up. Uh, but those are two names that, if they were available, I would be very interested in. Uh, talking to the Panthers makes a lot of sense. They've got a couple of premium assets that would cost premium assets to bring in, but would be worth it. You know, if you could get Derek Brown or Brian Burns for a first, it would absolutely be worth it. Uh, I saw a question here. It was from Zach, actually. Um, it's going to make us go a little longer. So I thought this was a great question. Uh, if, Jerry, if Jerry Judy's contract is considered expensive next year, what would you value him contract wise? Um, now, again, you're going to get a premium based on his age. He's worth probably more than what I'm going to say just because he's so young. But I was a little surprised to see just how well his pay matches up with his with his stats right now. So I looked up while Nick was talking about uh, Carolina Panthers and, and uh, Barrymore with uh, New England Patriots. Jerry Judy in, in receiving yards is 56th right now. Uh, 56th overall in total yards in the NFL. His pay this year of $3.8 million is 54th. He's earned his money. (laughs) However, that 3.8 jumps up to about 13 next year. I'd be willing to cut that to, to double 
what he's making this year just because of his age and potential and a second contract to say seven. I think right now he'd be a $7 million veteran, not a $13 million veteran, and certainly not what he's going to want on a second contract, Nick. Do you know what uh, SpotRack has his market value as? They might not have it on there, and this is the same folks that had, uh, you know, they've got Dalton, Dalton Reisner at 13. They've got Leonard, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry at, you know, 9 or 11. So I don't know if, if they just miss wildly in certain places or not. Uh, but they've got Jerry Judy at 20.8, which is insanity. Yeah, I think that is insanity. They calculated a lot based on the positional in the market. though, and where as well. you were drafted and assuming that you yeah. are that player. He, yes. He hasn't been. No. Um, that's but I Justin think- Jefferson money on his second contract. Um, you know, from the same draft, Jefferson will be in the 20s. If he hasn't already, I don't think he's extended yet. They offered him and he it was the biggest contract for a wide receiver ever. And he declined it reportedly because of uncertainty at the quarterback position. Yeah, which makes sense. It was about the minute, you know, I, I don't really want to be a Minnesota Viking. Yeah. Then I don't like the money, which good for him. You, you don't get any choice of where you play when you get drafted. This is the only time you have any choice at all. And then they'll tag him and he'll be pissed and you can do all that stuff. Um, But, you know, the, the money on here was we, we nailed... Dalton Reisner's value almost to the freaking dollar, Nick. Yeah. When I said two and a half about this time last year, Lloyd Cushenberry should be in that neighborhood as well. Two and a half to three. Jerry Judy is my, my value for him would be about seven, seven million. I think, I think on the open market right now, he'd get about what he's getting already. Uh, Cause that is wide receiver two money. I mean, it's close to that. And he's also still because he's 50. That's 56 money. So if you figure wide receiver two, 64 wide receivers and he's 56, that is the last yeah. of the wide receiver twos. So I'm, you know, I would, I would have said somewhere between 14 and 17 million a year. I'd be curious if he might be somebody who signs a one year contract uh, where he might explode in a better situation and then cash in from that. Obviously always risk in doing that because you can get injured and then you don't have that guarantees to fall back on. But uh, yeah, no, I think that, 14 million is probably about what he'd get on the open market. 14 and I said seven. Yeah, I, I think we're off. I think we differ there just because mm-hmm. the I think teams see first round pick and say, oh, they can they'll they will excuse away the lack of performance because they'll add qualifier after qualifier. And the, I mean, you can see the tape also. I mean, the eye, as they say the eye in the sky doesn't lie. He's open a, <laughs> a good bit. The quarterback's not getting to him yeah. in time. So well, it. Will he get that on the open market if he's in Denver next year? You know, again, he's got one more year to put up some numbers. And if he's a five to 600, 700 yard receiver, he's not getting 14. Yeah. That said, where was our boy Christian Kirk (laughs) before he became a, uh, because that was a market resetting contract. And oh my God, what are you doing contract? He's looked good for them and they had the money to spend. I'm, I actually don't well, hate some, that. Someone else might, but Christian Kirk coming out of Arizona was a thousand yard receiver and five touchdowns. So again, he had a 1000 yard under his belt. Jerry Judy doesn't. Yeah. I mean, Russell Gage made 17 million, right? That's it's no, not on, not on one year, not on one year when he signed with the bucks. You're right. It was a two year deal. Yeah. Yeah. He was about, and Russell Gage had 900 yards under his belt too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it'll be, uh, it'll be really interesting to follow. We'll see if uh, Jerry is here 
at the uh, end of the season. And we'll see how all these guys play. I mean, it's going to be interesting. We didn't even talk about uh, trading offensive line. I mean, Cush, we talked about Jewel being the last guy, and you have backups there that you want to see. Cushenberry has been playing great. Do you mess with the offensive line? Uh, is somebody out there? I mean, center's so hard to plug and play, so it's probably one of the least likely to see moved. Uh, but that's something as well that, you know, I haven't heard anything on that front, but there is internal buzz about Wattenberg and Forsyth uh, that I've heard from different people um, mm-hmm. for the Broncos. I don't know if that's setting up to be okay to move on from Cushenberry or anything like that, but definitely going to be interesting to follow. I'm curious if that'd be like the darkest horse we haven't talked about at all. Cushenberry move. Yeah. Being traded. Yeah. And I saw someone, I saw actually Steelers fans talking about making a trade for him. I'm like, he doesn't quite fit what I would expect from a Pittsburgh Steelers center. Yeah. He's been playing good ball though. Um, yeah. He's so. been, he's been, he's been fine. He's yep. been, he has not been the liability that he's been the, the last couple of years. He's been, he's been good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, today's been fun. Um, we're over an hour long. It's kind of been a, a trend here. We'll see if anything happens uh, with the Broncos here uh, that now that uh, trade deadline is got how many hours away, six hours away or so. Um, so should be a lot of fun to see what happens with the Broncos. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you guys are following us of course at BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And if you're joining us on YouTube today, make sure you subscribe to mile high huddle, like this show and share it on your social media platforms. Hopefully everybody has a great Halloween. Uh, We'll see how crazy it is here. I'm guessing I'm going to have to be huddled up in the basement with the show tonight while trick or treaters are coming and going. So that'll be fun for my wife and uh, the dog and everything, but we'll see how it goes. My favorite night of the year, the nine years I lived out in California was, you know, the, the, the Hollywood drama aspect of Halloween was a blast. That was a good time. Um, one, one of the things I will miss, it was also one of the hottest freaking days of the year too. (laughs) I want to say thanks to the folks who came in and contributed to this show, uh, out of their pocketbooks. You don't have to do that. And it means a lot to us that you do. Michael Ranquillo coming in several times, BK Mark, David Kilgore, Troy Boo, her, uh, Gil Billy and the DWI guys, Ethan, thank you so much for your contributions to the show. It helps us out a ton. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate that. Joey saying good effing show. I didn't drop an F bomb today, so that's good. Um, every day that I don't do that's a, a win. I need to really work on my potty mouth with the, uh, the little guy coming here in three months, but appreciate everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Make sure you have a safe Halloween. Don't drink and drive. And uh, as always, continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.